This episode of Life is a Beach is presented by Janine Preston and is recorded at the Life is Better in Flip Flop Studios. I'm talking to Alwyn and Guy and they live on a boat in England. I got to meet Alwyn through my blog, which is called Life is a Beach, and she got to telling me that she was lives on a boat. And that is just such a cool thing. I thought, I, I have to talk to her. So um, today I'm introducing Owen and Guy. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. And you're Thanks. talking to me from your boat, obviously, because I can see the we sort are. of design of where you are. We're on board. We're on board. <laughs> so you left Johannesburg, right? Well, That's correct. Actually, quite a strange story because we were this, decided to move to England and one of Ollie's friends is a has got a narrow boat. They called they we would call them barges in South Africa, but um, uh, here they're called narrow boats. You get a wide beam and a narrow boat, and we would call them a barge. So we live on a what you can call in South Africa a barge. If you called it a barge here, they would be very upset. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. But she had a. She's got a friend from South Africa, still lives there, and she said to us, "We bought a, a narrow boat, and we we come when we come to England, we go and stay on our narrow boat, and we travel around, and we live on our narrow boat." So she started saying that you can pick them up for as little as ten thousand pounds. Well, I wouldn't want to pick one up for ten thousand pounds because it'll be a rust bucket. But we found one which is about forty-three thousand pounds, but a really nice one, and. Um, we came over with the idea of buying a boat, and she said to us, well, one of my favorite places in the UK is Nantwich. So we landed up coming to Nantwich, and we went to a marina, saw the boat, looked around, and within a week, we'd bought our boat, and we moved on board. And it's got everything on board. It really has. It's got a tumble dryer, washing, uh, uh, washing machine, dishwasher, uh central heating, hot water, shower, toilet, proper ceramic toilet. We've got everything on board. So TV, uh, internet. I work on the boat from home. I work for a company here in the UK, a big company, and I work from from the boat. Um, and so I think about the boat, I want to hear the journey from the beginning because it's always good to hear the journey. So why did you decide to leave South Africa and why did you decide to go to England? Okay, so let me talk this time. So um, I, I, have a, I have a daughter and she was modeling and doing a lot of promotion work and things like that. So we'd travel late at night at functions and things like that. And she was extremely stressed and has, in, has anxiety. So um she kept saying to me, Mom, are we safe? Are we safe? Every night. And she wasn't sleeping. And she kept saying, you know, Marco, who, my husband, um, we want to immigrate to Australia. And I said, well, you know, we're far too old. We can't go there. We don't have degrees and things that they want. Um, and she kept on it about, about it. And she said, you know, if we do immigrate, you can't stay behind. And anyway, one day we, I had a salon from home and we were standing in my salon. She said, Mom, would you consider going to the UK? And I said, okay, let's just do this. And I went through to the lounge and I said to Guy, are you coming or are you staying? And he said, where are we going? I said, we're going to the UK. He said, oh, I'm coming. <laughs> and it just, it, 
like everything fell in place. It mm, was the weirdest amazing. thing. Um, Guy managed to get a Belgian passport. He just happened. I said, just, just phone overnight. them. It was incredible. Yeah, I said, just phone them and see if you can get one. I've got a British passport. Farron and Marco, they got married. So he's on an ancestral, she's on an ancestral and he's um, as a dependent. And just everything, we literally, our house needed renovating. Guy was renovating it. He, um, I left my company. Yeah, he left his job. He started renovating the house. I had a, For sale, resale. Yeah, I had a client who was um, very keen on selling our house. And I said, well, it looks like a bloody building site. She said, well, let me just bring people around. And she started bringing people around. And the next thing, we sold the house with literally a month. Literally within a month. And it was it just, was awesome. I was renovating. Everything was trashed. There was it building was rubble wreck. everywhere. I was trying to pack boxes. And I'm sure I packed half the cement and half the bricks and everything else with it. It was just a mess. It was a nightmare. Anyway, plus we had builders in the house. And they were stealing things while we were packing. It was oh, just, no. Yeah, it was just. Anyway, we um, set a date that we were leaving by the beginning of December 2018. And um, Farron's ancestral visa came through. Everything came through fine. We, everything just. Yeah, it just gelled. Everything gelled. It just worked. Everything just worked. It's a wonderful story. Mostly it doesn't happen that way. Uh, no, I mean, not only that, but we got the price for the house that we wanted, um, which was pretty high for the area. So we were quite amazed when we were, we had a few offers in between when people said, I'm a cash buyer. Just tell that chap talking stop about building. me telling the state agent, just tell that chap who's building there to stop building. I'll take the house as is, but I'll give you so much for it. And we said, no ways, we're not budging. And we didn't. Absolutely. And we eventually, yeah, we got the price we wanted uh, and we had a cash buyer, which was also really lucky um so yeah we we didn't finish the house off in time but uh i had to pay an extra thirty-five thousand rand just to finish off the house for the builders to carry on other builders we got they got in and we got out of there very quickly and yeah. we were gone um so then what happened was about four days before we were due to land here um we were going to stay with my family my cousin in um the midlands and she messaged me to say, well, I hope you realize you can't be staying here with us too long. Now, there was four of us going to a four-bedroom house. But, you know, here in the UK, the houses Absolutely. are... Absolutely. Four-bedroom house is the size of a one-bedroom flat here. Exactly. Mm. And here we were arriving with 12 suitcases and with a cousin who I met when I was a little girl. And um, I said to my sister, who's in South Africa, I said... What do you think of this? She said, well, I wouldn't go and stay with her. I said, well, I think it's, you know, it's going to be a disaster. I can just see it. So I messaged the lady who lived on the marina that we're living in now. And she said to me, well, there's a hire boat in the marina. You can hire it. I'll speak to the lady and you can hire the boat for a week. So, of course, when I told the, the children, you know, listen, we're going to go and stay on this boat. They said, no ways. We're not going. They organized They were fools on the island. Got to love children. Yeah. The problem was we had booked to fly to Birmingham. So we flew to Birmingham and they could have flown to London. I suppose we could have changed the ticket, but we didn't think. So they incurred the expense to go from Birmingham down to London, Southampton, to catch a ferry to go to the Isle of Wight. 
and we had a car and we came straight to the marina. We stayed on this. It's a, there's about six hire boats here um, owned by the same people. And this boat had no... It, uh, the central heating worked, but the hot water didn't work. So we had to go to and use the showers in the no. marina. But no, it was... In winter, you flew in December. But it's not bad. I mean, no, when the winds, when it's five degrees here, and she the wind... Oh. been living here. She's lived here for Oh, oh you know the, what it's like. Okay. I know the drill. It's not that cold. If it's it's not like Joburg cold, which goes right through you. If the wind's not blowing at five degrees, it's fine. You it's can fine. But if it blows on the marina, it tends to blow. Like today, it's really windy. It's it's been cold. It's seven outside today, and it's twenty five in our boat. So we warm. You know, we're not cold. But this boat, it was a small forty. How long? 45 foot. What else? No, that's high. Oh, the other one we were on is probably about a 35 foot. It was tiny. It was very small. But it had everything. And we stayed for a week and we went hunting for our boat. And we didn't want a traditional boat with all the dark wood and dark wood oak, and solid oak. Winter. It's all dark and sort of Charles, what do you call it? Charles Dickens. Dickens yes, it yes. is quite dark. We don't like that. We like light and airy light being South African. South African light. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so we bought our boat from another marina not too far from here. And when we walked on, we just knew it was white. It was light. It was modern. It was like Ikea-ish. Ikea, you know, it had like fittings in it. Everything was Ikea. So... We bought the boat, and of course, Guy wanted to move on straight away, and they wouldn't. We had to get the funds from South Africa to oh, transfer right, yeah. and they weren't going to let us stay on that boat. They, oh, and eventually, no. Guy said, Please, we will, you know. I said, Take the keys of the damn boat, keep the keys. We don't even we know not... how to start the boat, we don't <laughs> even know how to drive a boat or <laughs> steer a boat. We're not going anywhere. You gotta yeah, love South Africans, eh? We will do um, whatever it takes to get what we want. You know how to get it. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, they said it would take a week. They had to take it out the water for a week, and then they could only take for an inspection because I didn't want to buy the boat without it being inspected by a proper inspector because there could be latent defects or something. So they, they told us, yeah, they told us it would take another week to put it back in the water, and I said, I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. Um, and I forced them to put the boat back in the water the same day, and we basically moved on the same day. But, I mean, here things are very manana, very, very manana. There's no, no rush. And it's usually the 12-year-olds that run it. So we yeah. know about those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it like? What, what is life like living on the boat? Is it something that you dreamed it would be, or is it something that you, 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 you when you got on the boat, you thought, gee, this wasn't what I thought it would be? Oh, no, no, I don't think so at all. I mean, you must realize that we came, our house used to be 240 square meters. And the total size of this boat I've worked out is only 23 square meters. That's a separate lounge come eating area, come cooking area, kitchen. And then there's a separate shower, toilet uh, and basin and everything in the other room. And then there's the bedroom with the uh, queen size bed, huh? Mm, I wouldn't say it's queen size. Tiny bit smaller than queen, but uh, it, it's it's adequate, and I mean it's it's very tight. I mean it's not. Uh, you must realise that it's not. You're not living in a big expanse like you lived in South Africa. It's a 57 
foot boat, which is 17 and a half meters, I think. Yeah. So it's quite a long, it's very long, but very narrow. It's only two meters wide. I think you do get boats that are are better um, designed, if I can put it that way, um, as in there's more um, storage and things like that. And also, like, we'll go onto someone else's boat and we'll think, gosh, this, is, this seems so much bigger than ours, but it's the same length. And it's just weird how if the boat's designed a certain way, like our fireplace is in the wrong place. It should be near the door, and then we'd have more space to put a like a breakfast nook, you know. And, oh, my word. Oh, that should but, be fun. And then some people fit, like, two bedrooms onto a boat because they've got children, so they have bunk beds in the one and they have their, their bedroom. Whereas I'm thinking, where the hell would you – where would you have a second bedroom on here? But people mm. do. They just design it differently, and they're clever with the space. Um, we also didn't want to have like a sleeper couch in the lounge because we decided they're very, they're very uncomfortable. You spend more time sitting on the couch than you would be sleeping on it, and they're quite honestly very uncomfortable to sit on. We decided we weren't going to have that. Besides, we didn't want space. people staying on our boat. Exactly. Either. And what about the children? Do they not stay on the boat? They have. Um, They've stayed once or twice. They've come up from London. Guy's son lives in London, and um, he came up with his girlfriend. But They bring a blow-up mattress. They put on the floor. We have to pick up the, the couch. And they put it on the kitchen. And actually rest it across <laughs> London, underneath, in and out, to come to the lounge area, because they've now takes up the whole width. This mattress takes up the whole width of the And then they're using the your loo and your shower. Yes, you know, it's, it's not nice. I don't know how people so in the go end, away. it's probably easier if they stay in a bed and breakfast nearby where the boat is moored. Correct, yes, which is what, what they've done. It's what, that's it's what better. they've been doing. It's much better. It makes far more sense. Mm. And you don't have to tell them that's what you have to do. It's just, we don't have the space to stay nearby. Yeah. Yeah. Simple as that. It's easier. And it's it's not that expensive for them to stay just down the road. And, and have you missed nice. the mooring point yet? Well, from Swanley, which is where we had we bought our boat, um, we sailed down the few locks. Oh, much more. No, no, from we were we were we started off at Swanley Bridge Marina, then we were told that they were gonna shut the canals to certain locks because they needed to repair them and it would take another six months or something. So we decided we'd better get out of there before they locked up the canal. So oh we got God. out and left on the we were there for a week, virtually exactly a week, and then we moved to this marina that we're in now in Nantwich. Um, and we've been here ever since. Yes, we have gone out on the boat. We have. You, it's, it's a funny thing because being so safe here, you know, um, we would go to, we went to a place called Barbridge Inn, which is basically a pub on the canal and a restaurant and all that. And we, you go and pull up outside, you go and hook your boat up, you get out, you go into the restaurant, you eat, you drink. You come back, you spend the night on the boat, and you carry on the next day. Mm. That's how it is. Um, it's very safe. And you can stay anywhere you like, virtually, within reason. And you can stay up to two weeks anywhere you like. So you just keep moving, and every two weeks you can work wherever you like. So you find it outside a farm, on a beautiful thing, or in a mountainous area, whatever, and you just moor your boat up, and you stay there for up to two weeks without being having any problems. And how do you yes. get boat to the town do you catch a, a, a cab or do you public transport or do you keep your right. car close by got a car we each got a car 
<laughs> typical South Africans who got to have a car. That was like, um, actually, is no public transport close enough for us to catch a bus into town? You would have to call a, a cab. Um, I don't even know if they've got cabs here. We just use our own cars. But I should imagine if we had to travel extensively, we have bought bicycles. So we could keep those on the boat and use those for transport because it's so flat here. Um, you could travel for kilometers on bicycles. So if we had to travel extensively, we could take leave our cars here at the marina and then go to London or whatever, take our bicycles with us. And whenever you moor up, you make sure you're mooring up next to a village or close by. And you just either just get off your boat and walk into the village and go and get your food or mm. ride on your bicycle. So how or long whatever. have you been where you are now? How long have you been moored there? Oh, since we arrived, basically, we have gone out a few times. So we've been out. But you're allowed to stay longer than two weeks where you are. Yes, yes. We're in a marina, so we can stay here permanently. So it's a marina, not a parking spot. No, no, that's We're not on the canal. So we pay pay rental every month, and then we pay, um, like, pay-as-you-go electricity. So um, we hooked up to electricity all the time. And then the water, we just fill our boat from a point um, outside our boat. Um, yeah, we've got a big stainless steel tank. Um, it holds uh, about a thousand liters. About a thousand liters, approximately. So that's a thousand kilograms. Um, and then, yeah, we've got central heating and everything, radiators. We've got everything. We've yeah. got a Webasto diesel heater, which heats the shower water as well. So if you're out on the canal, you've got everything. You've got your diesel engine with two generate with two uh, alternators. We've got a three and a half kilowatt inverter, so we can still run our 220, 230 volt fridge and freezer, tumble dryer, washing machine, even when we're out on the canal. So we've got all the hot cons and the dishwasher and everything. That was my my prerequisite to living (laughs) on a boat. I wasn't very keen um, to live on a boat, but I don't know, you just, there's something about it. It's a love-hate thing, I think. Um, no, not so much hate. It's just that you're very limited. I think the worst thing is the being limited with space. You know, if you go and buy yourself a narrow, a wide beam, oh, wow. that's more like a really big, what you would call a barge, a big barge. A and big barge. Then, yeah, yeah. Then you're looking at very like wide. There's a TV program called Tiny House or Luxury yeah. Small Homes. And that's what you're living in is a tiny house, except it's on water. Yes, so there they're limited also to space. They've got everything is very compact. It's a very and it's the way the life the life seems to be going is is living in a compact space because essentially yeah. you're not paying rent to some landlord who can throw you out at any time. Exactly, and also you're not living next to people that you probably don't like. I mean, here on the marina they um they don't put liverboards. We call liverboards next to um. Other boats. other boats. They might have other boats, but they don't have people staying. So there's nobody on the boats on both sides on of us. On side of you. So okay. you're very close to the other boats. But, I mean, they only come, well, when they're allowed to come, because they're not allowed to come with this lockdown. We <laughs> um, haven't had people um, around for months because nobody's allowed to come here. But, you know, COVID will suddenly come through the door. And, and it's very oh, clever. Well, it's very clever. Just fly so, through. Uh, yeah. So we don't. We so where's your sailor hat? I've got one. Actually, where's sailor hat? I mean, really? Oh, 
We were doing a I've sailor hat and you're not wearing a sailor hat. That's <laughs> I've actually got one. a pirate hat. I said a pirate hat. I'm sorry, I said a pirate hat. Oh, pirate hat is good. Should ply the, the skull and crossbones on the corner, which is good. Yeah. What's her name? The boat's name? Yep. Oh, we call it... Uh, well, it was called Half a Cup when we bought it. Um, the reason being... Um, Pre previous the owner. previous owners was half Korean, half half Korean, half English. And the Korean mother-in-law used to say to no, his mother, his mother, yes, yeah, her mother-in-law mother. used to say like to her, always correct me, and I don't know the story anyway, so it doesn't matter. Always <laughs> <laughs> used to say, no, just have some tea, and she'd say no. no before that, go out. That be going out. So I'm going now to work. No, no, you've got to have a cup of tea. No, thank you. I've got it. Have a cup of tea. No, thank you. Or then have half a cup, and it became, became half, half a, cup. a cup. Became like a thing to them. So they called the boat half a cup. And then when we bought it, I said to Guy, it doesn't mean anything to us. So we renamed it Meju, which was our Siamese cat we had to leave in South Africa. So our boat's called Meju. Which oh, my mother's cat used to be called Meju. So well done. <laughs> oh, okay. So we haven't branded the boat. It's still plain blue. Um. We want to do, do like a cat. Uh, yeah, like a, a, a vinyl, stick-on vinyl on the back where the name goes on the boat with the cat's uh, solarized version of the cat's face. Oh, my word. In, in, in white only. I know you told me the town, but in which county or how far from London? or? Yeah, uh, we're very far. We're about four and a half hours drive from London. So you're in so Cheshire? We're very far east, yes. In Cheshire. So we're close to the Welsh border. Very close. And we're not too far from, say, Liverpool and Manchester. Um, and Birmingham. And Birmingham. So we're up north. Okay. Uh, far north. I love Birmingham because I had the canals. So I hope to see your boat doing the canals past the Black Sabbath. There's a seat there that's got Black Sabbath written on it. Just uh, seat. Have you been on it? No. No. No, I wanted to travel the UK when we got here, and Ollie was petrified of petrified going through the locks. Of the boat, actually. Absolutely petrified of going through the locks. So we've hardly travelled. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, as long as you're careful and you make sure you don't make any mistakes. The first time I went through a lock, um, we were shown by a lock keeper how to do it and how to handle the boat in a lock and stuff. There's a bit to it. And she said, your boat, because when you when you empty the lock, the boat actually drops extremely fast or goes up very fast as well when you're filling the lock. And um, she, she said, said quickly, 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 your boat, better go to your boat. And I ran and the roof by this time was at ground level. And I jumped off the roof onto the back of the boat where the tiller is. And I slipped and I landed on those metal like, bars that yeah. stick up oh, and on my just underneath my hip bone. With my full body weight see, on there, was oh, she was telling, she was explaining to me what I must do with the windlass, and I didn't see him fall. So we carried on, and we and he didn't say anything to me. And then only afterwards he said, "You know, I fell." And I, it's so easy to fall in those locks, and you've got to be so careful. Yeah, you've got to just to be very slow. Um, so why didn't you travel by car? Birmingham's well, not far. What's wrong with going by car? Well, no, what I wouldn't want to go to Birmingham. <laughs> you I have to see the Black Sabbath, the Black Sabbath Bridge. Come on, guys. <laughs> yes, um, also you've got to be careful mooring in in cities. Yes. Because they will cut your ropes, 
they break into your boat and yeah, in the cities. Yeah, yeah, in the cities, it's quite it's quite dangerous. Uh, I wouldn't say dangerous, it's, but it's 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 annoying. To, what do they call it? Uh, it's just annoying the vandalism. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, they, they don't. They don't. They, there have been cases where people have petrol bombed boats. Uh, but normally it's drunks that go past, and sometimes your boat's and roof is the roof. same height as the ground level, and then they these drunks go and run across your roof at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my <laughs> And there's yeah. also been cases where people leave their boats on the canals and don't go back to them for weeks on end or whatever, and obviously people walking along the towpath see this, and they've broken in and they've vandalised their boats. I mean, there's it doesn't happen often, but there are, and there's even been cases where I've read that people have stolen the boats. Yes, boats have been stolen, believe it's, it or not. And within hours, they paint them another colour and they off they go, you know. So <laughs> there are things like that. And no, there are. Listen, there are challenges in every country. I don't believe any country is perfect, but no. I think you've you've decided on a great lifestyle. Um, I think one of the things we all envy you being able to stay in a marina and just, I mean, here you're going to pay a fortune to stay in a harbour on a yacht. So, because um, our seas would never cope with a long, narrow boat. Uh, having spoken to Zerk Buerte, who rode across the Atlantic, I can tell you that's not a good idea. But mm -hmm. now that you're living on a, in those canals, I think that's an awesome idea. And I really appreciate your time and coming to tell me what it's like to live on a, on a narrow boat. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> this episode has been recorded by Janine Preston for Life is a Beach.